Let us pray. O Lord, we turn our eyes upon you now. And I ask that you take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and make them wholly yours, that together we might actively listen and critically think for the purpose of growing radically in your love. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the fifth and final sermon in the series, Merit Badges with Jesus. A quick reminder that this letter to the Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians who were being persecuted by both the Roman government and their Jewish friends and family. They were thinking about walking away from following Jesus and returning to their old life. Why merit badges? Because the letter of Hebrews is difficult and lofty and merit badges is the best I could come up with, so that's what you got. My hope in using the merit badge illustration is that you have walked away with a tangible concept. So I want to take just a super quick recap of the merit badges that we've earned thus far. Our first merit badge was orienteering. Jesus, the orienteer, is the perfect expression of God's essence and is superior to any other God or religion. Hebrews says, in the final days of history, God has spoken to us by his Son. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The writer of Hebrews doesn't want his audience to see a Jesus that's too small. A Jesus that can be controlled. A Jesus that is worth leaving to return to the way things used to be. Therefore, we should orient and continually reorient our lives toward following Jesus. Because he points the way to the kingdom of God. Moreover, Jesus made the way to the kingdom of God, which we considered in our second merit badge, pioneering. If you don't remember, we sang a little bit of the Davy Crockett song. Jesus, the salvation pioneer, created a road from life to death to life and then straight on to eternity. Hebrews 2.10 says, It makes good sense that the God who got everything started and keeps everything going now completes the work by making the salvation pioneer perfect through suffering as he leads all these people to glory. Jesus is a trailblazing, road-building, pioneering kind of savior. He is the intersection of God's justice and mercy. He went someplace no human had ever gone before. He pioneered a road from life to death to life and on to eternity. And we who follow the path of Jesus, the one he pioneered, we receive our third merit badge, citizenship. Our citizenship comes with an extraordinary privilege. We can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus pioneered the way to citizenship by his kingdom by destroying the veil that separates humanity from God. And of course, with this privilege of citizenship comes practices like prayer. And these practices help us to grow in our capacity to love God and to love others. Last week, We earned our life-saving merit badge. The old covenant provided the world with a life preserver. The awareness of conscience. The new covenant provided the world with a life-saver. Jesus Christ. 
How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? If you recall last week, to follow Jesus is to experience a catharsis of the conscience and thus the freedom to worship the only one who saves. So be alive in the process work of Jesus in your life for he's the only one and the only God with a cure for death. Today we consider our final merit badge and we bring this thing on home. Emergency preparedness. Now emergency preparedness really just means being adequately prepared to act before, during, or after an emergency. An emergency preparedness merit badge in the Boy Scouts focuses on five words, which are going to appear on your screen. Prevention, protection, mitigation, response, and recovery. For example, prevention might mean making sure your campfire is completely out. That can help prevent forest fires, right? Protection, having a storm shelter can help protect in a storm. Mitigation means maybe having an emergency plan in place to help mitigate or reduce the damage that's caused by a disaster or an act of violence. Response, having a necessary supplies to stabilize the situation when and if it occurs, and recovery. An example of that might be having mental health counselors available for family reunification plans to help a community recover following an emergency. Now, emergency preparedness may sound intricate, but in reality, it simply means to be aware and common sense prepared. So, after that six-minute introduction, what is the Christian's emergency preparedness plan? What do we need to remember and to call on in times of crisis and need? What helps to prevent, protect, mitigate, respond, and recover to all that life may throw our way? Well, to a struggling congregation in a time of emergency, the writer of Hebrews gives the one word emergency preparedness plan. Faith. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, And certain of what we do not see. Now friends, I really hope you tune back in and listen now. Because before I go any further, I want to tell you what faith is not. Faith is not a feeling. It is not a commodity. And it's not a bargaining chip. And I want to unpack that just a little bit. For example, when someone says to me, my faith is not feeling fed. I often say, well, have you picked up your fork? Why? Because faith isn't a feeling. Or when I hear a preacher, especially the televangelist, engaging in ministerial malpractice by saying things like, if you'll just sow your faith seed for a thousand dollars, God will put another jewel in your heavenly crown. And why do these guys always have southern accents? I don't know. Faith is not a commodity that is bought and sold. And another example of ministerial malpractice is when I hear a preacher say, if you just have enough faith, God will heal you of your cancer. That's malpractice. Faith is not a bargaining chip by which we can win the favor of God if we just have enough. Faith, pistis in the Greek, is belief in the truth, reality, 
The word faith here refers to substance. Faith is not the outcome of imagination, but is based upon the reality of God, which has been fully realized in the person and work of Jesus Christ. In short, faith is a threefold gift. Act, substance, and attitude. And if you never ever pause to consider exactly what faith is, I'm getting ready to lay this answer out for you. It's a threefold gift. Act, substance, and attitude. The first is that the act of faith is what God has completed through Jesus Christ. And I say completed because today's scripture lesson lists some of the Old Testament saints who were looking forward with hope to the birth of a Messiah. God's acts of faith demonstrated in their lives were a down payment on completion through Jesus. For example, God acted in parting the Red Sea and by faith, Moses led the Israelites to the other side. God's action completed in Jesus Christ. Now the substance of faith is the ever-present reality of Jesus Christ. And by substance, I mean life, death, resurrection, ascension, and the promised return of Jesus Christ. And by reality, I mean the substance united with the gift of the Holy Spirit that proclaims Jesus to the ends of the earth. That is the substance and the ever-present reality of faith. And if you don't believe me, why don't you can, you know, just think for a minute about the fact that the substance of Jesus continues to be proven daily. Because after 2,000 years, the story of Jesus exists. And that good news continues growing. So much so that a third of the world's population believes that Jesus was and is and is to come. So the act of faith, the substance of faith, and lastly, the attitude of faith. The attitude of faith is the acceptance that God has acted by giving us the gift of faith, which is the substance of our salvation. Maybe to put it more simply, faith is the gift of the reality of God. The Hebrew Christians, friends, they were struggling with their gift of faith. Because it changed their reality. When their reality changed and their eyes were open to the fullness of God and Jesus Christ, they began to think and behave differently. Then, when hardships and persecution came, an emergency hit the Hebrew church. So some in the church were thinking that if they just stop believing in Jesus, if they just give the gift of faith back, I don't want this, you can have this, then maybe their lives would no longer be in danger. But you see, once you've opened God's gift of faith and your eyes can now see God's reality going back to the way things were, to a reality without God, that's not going to fix anything. Because that's just not reality. Once you've opened God's gift of faith, the only option is to press forward into God's future. The writer of Hebrews didn't want the church to give up the fullness of faith in Jesus, so he reminded them. He reminded them of the faith of all those who came before Jesus, who were part of God's divine conspiracy to bring the fullness of the gift of faith into the world through Jesus And after listing multiple verses of saints, and listen, I only gave you half of that scripture lesson. Because the author of Hebrews goes on in a very distinct Jewish way, listing person after person after person. 
And after listening to multiple saints, the writer finally finishes thought with, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We can hear him writing emphatically, Don't quit the race. Don't give up. If Jesus can endure the cross, you can endure whatever pain you're going through. And just because it's painful doesn't mean it's not reality. Don't forget about the cloud of witnesses who've won the race. Because their destination is your destination. And they're cheering you on right now, so run. Because faith is a gift. And faithfulness is a life spent using God's gift. When the race is easy, when the race is difficult, and especially when there's an emergency. Now, whenever I'm having difficulty in my race... I remember the faith of those whose race has ended. That great cloud of witnesses standing on the other side of death cheering me and you on. I especially think of my grandmother, Billy Bennett, whom I often refer to in the southern Appalachian as Mamaw. Mamaw was faithful. She devoutly used the gift of faith in Jesus Christ every day. But nothing could have prepared my mamaw for what her son Michael would endure. See, Michael got into some trouble as a young adult, both in the way of drugs and crime. And by faith, mamaw cared for Michael, visited him when he was in prison. By faith, she prayed that Michael would get his life in order and return home. And by faith, Michael began to get his life in order. He found a steady factory job and participated more in the lives of his children. His life wasn't perfect, but it was becoming much healthier. Then one day in the late 1980s, I was visiting with my mama in the kitchen of her humble home. Michael, standing against the wall, suddenly passed out. Something was wrong. Something was very, very wrong. Not long after that, Michael was diagnosed with AIDS. No doubt the Southern Baptist rumor mill was running full stream. But Mamaw was undeterred. By faith, she continued showing up to church even when she knew the people were gossiping. By faith, she continued caring for her grandchildren, including and especially Mike's children. By faith, she accompanied Mike to every doctor's appointment and made sure there was a roof over his head. By faith, she prayed for strength every day, sometimes hourly. And all the Bennetts prayed by faith as a group every one of the six times that Michael was hospitalized and nearly lost his life. 
By faith, Mammon suffered with Mike in his suffering because he was her child, fearfully and wonderfully made by the God upon whom she based reality. And when Michael's frail body, really nothing more than skin and bone, passed from this life into eternity, when the order of life and death was reversed and the mother buried the child by faith Mamaw gave thanks because her beloved son had received God's gift of faith for Michael there was no more pain or sorrow or suffering for that reality had passed away by faith And the reality of Jesus that he inherited in this life, by faith, was now complete in reward. By faith, Michael's race had ended, but Mammal's race continued. By faith, she continued to live for Jesus and her family. But you know what? There was not a single day that went by that she didn't cry for Michael. And write about him in her journal. By faith, Mamaw got up every day and she walked with Jesus. Jesus, who is no figment of her religious imagination. Jesus, the very present reality of the substance of God living in her heart. Then, some years later, she had an unknown brain aneurysm rupture. Mamaw was hospitalized and the prospects were bad. By faith, the Bennett clan took over a waiting room and held hands and we prayed during surgery. And though Mamaw lived through surgery, she never recovered. But every day, for six weeks, by faith, One or more members of her family stayed by her side day and night until that day in August of 2002 when she finished her faith race. Then, by faith, she joined the great cloud of witnesses who now stand on the other side of death. By faith, She is in the same company as her son Michael and all those who went before her, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, like Ruth, Deborah, David, the disciples, the apostles. By faith, she is with Jesus because Jesus was with her by faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Friends, I don't know what is going on in your lives right now as you're running your race. Some of you may be experiencing a time of peace and renewal in your race. Wouldn't mind having some of that right now. Others of you may be finding hardship or pain in your race. Still others 
might be facing an emergency. Whatever the stage of your race, know that with the gift of faith, your reality has changed. Because faith is a gift. A substance that offers certainty for today and bright hope for tomorrow. So summing up this entire sermon series in two verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, other citizens, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us by the pioneer. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the Orienteer, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God because he is the lifesaver. Orienteering, pioneering, citizenship, life-saving, emergency preparedness, these are concepts faithfully used to teach eternal reality. By faith. And so remember, friends, if you find yourself facing an emergency, if you need help preventing, protecting, mitigating, responding, or recovering to all life may throw your way, don't forget that God has given us a gift. Faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.